Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hi, B. Ready for another exciting, educational, entertaining, and Elliot-tastic episode of the Who Was podcast? I sure am, Elliot. It's our last episode of season one, and just look at the hijinks I've gotten myself into today. Hold on. Are you riding a giraffe? And wearing a suit of armor made of chocolate? And who's that with you? <gasps> the Minions? Yep, all those things you said are true. Well, I definitely want to hear how this happened, and I'm sure our audience wants to, too. Then buckle up your brain, because I'm about to tell you the most amazing story you've ever heard. I can't wait. So, there I was, watering the flowers in my neighbor's garden, when suddenly... Stop right there. We don't have time for whimsical adventures. You've got a much more important story to tell. The story of me, genius inventor. Thomas Edison. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, right. Hi, Mr. Edison. Uh, yeah, you're one of our two historical figures today, alongside another genius inventor, Temple Grandin. But mostly me. Okay, but what are you doing here in the opening sketch? This is my special time to annoy Elliot and do silly things. Not after all the work I put into being a subject on this podcast. I tell you. Getting onto the Who Was podcast was 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Right, like your famous saying about genius being 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Yeah, bud, I just said that. Now start the show. My watch says it's Thomas time. But I wanted to hear B's amazing story. Yeah, Elliot didn't even notice that I'm holding a baby alien. It is 68 degrees with a 30% chance of raining melted nacho cheese. Ew, babies. No time. We have to start my episode. Eric, play us the theme song now. Here we go. What do you think you know about the greats from history? The game is on. Get some energy and buckle up your brain Cause it's time to play It's the Who Was Podcast Cause it's time to play the Who Was Podcast Who Was? 
Live from Tonka Land, or so-called SoCal Los Angeles. Welcome to Who Was, the history quiz show that gives contestants the chance to win mega prizes and podcast glory. I'm your announcer, B, and my favorite Beatles song is Let It Me. <laughs> and here's your host, a guy who can tell you all the presidents in order, whether you want him to or not. It's Elliot Kalin. Thank you, B, and welcome everyone to the Who Was podcast. This show is like Jeopardy, only with surprise guests, silly games, and a pretty melty suit of chocolate armor. Yeah, it's a lot warmer here than on Pluto, which is where I picked up this little guy. Goop, goop. Oh, I wish I could hear that story. But no time. Our contestants were sent Who Was books about two great figures from history. Now they're here to show off their knowledge in the hopes of winning fantastic prizes, prizes, prizes. Today, we're talking about who was Thomas Edison and who is Temple Grandin, two inventors who changed the way people look at cows. Edison invented the light bulb. How did that change the way people look at cows? Well, now they can look at them in the dark. Oh, boy. Okay, let's meet our contestants. Hey, y'all. My name is Thomas. I'm 175 years old, Aquarius, and my hobby is being a genius. Edison, you're still here. You can't be the subject of the show and a contestant. Huh. You know, that's small-minded. Small-minded people are always telling geniuses they can't do things. Can you introduce our real contestants? All right, first up, we have Natalie. Natalie, please introduce yourself. Hello, I am Natalie. Natalie, do you have a fun fact you'd like to share with our listening audience? I am on an executive board with a couple of other students in eighth grade. Oh, wow. And um, do you do official things like you take notes at your meetings um, or stuff like that? Yes, we do generally have to take notes, and the executive board is usually heads of separate committees that we have. And what committee are you the head of? I am on the food drive committee, the book drive committee, and a be the good committee. That's amazing. That sounds like such a huge amount of responsibility. I'm really impressed. When I was your age, I think I was mostly responsible for not losing the television remote and not getting too much popcorn on the couch when I was watching television. That was about right. it. Right, and and you failed at both of those things, if, I, if I'm remembering. Them. It was not a responsibility that I upheld. Yeah, it was, I, I was found to be wanting in, in uh, maintaining that responsibility, but I tried my best. I certainly tried. That's right. Thank you so much for joining us, Natalie. And Ava, would you please introduce yourself? Um, I'm Ava, and uh, I love to bake, swim, and my favorite season is winter. Now, what is your favorite thing to bake in the winter after you've had a swim? I'm not going swimming in the winter, but... All right, all right. My favorite thing to bake is cookies. Are you a chocolate chip cookie person, or are you like one of these oatmeal raisin, um, you know, outliers? Gingerbread or... I, I, like, I like sugar cookies. And let's talk shapes. Are, you, are there any kinds of special shapes? Stars, trees, dinosaurs castles, anything like that, or is it just regular round cookies? A dinosaur cookie would be nice, but I usually make just round ones. Okay, okay. Thanks to both of our contestants for being here, and thank you to Eric, our musician, for providing that lovely Meet the Contestants music and all the music on the show today. So that's Who Is. Now let's find out who was Thomas Edison with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Thomas Alva Edison was born in 1847 and died in 1931. 
He invented the light bulb, the phonograph, and even an electric pen. He received 1,093 patents. In 1893, he started America's first movie studio. He was a successful businessman since childhood when he worked on a train selling his own newspaper. Four Fastbacks. Now, Ava and Natalie, we're curious. Have you ever invented anything? Um, Ava, what about you? Have you invented anything ever in your life? Mm, no, not, not really. Not really. Okay. All right. You're young yet. If you, there could still be an invention time. down the line. There's time. Now, uh, now, Natalie, you're you've already got a lot on your hands being part of the governing council of an entire school. Uh, but have you found the time to create any inventions? I don't think so. Now, if you were going to invent something, what would it be? Probably something that would make it so I could read books faster, but still be able to enjoy them. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's good. Um, Elliot, if you could invent something, what what would it be? I think I would invent probably like a robot bird. Okay. Would it be able to fly? Uh, no. Pet birds are very messy and they're hard to contain. Uh, so, and I don't want to keep it in a cage. So I just maybe be like a robot ostrich, but then just kind of walk around, maybe sit down, you know, be a great pet, but easy to take care of. Easy to take care of. All yeah. right. Very good. And uh, okay. Ava, what about you? Would you, what, what, if you could invent something, what would you invent? I already said robot bird, so you can't do that. Okay. Um, I would probably make, uh, I would probably invent like a self driving car. Like, I know there's like kind of self driving cars, but a car where you don't have to do anything. What if you invent a car you don't even have to get into for it to drive you someplace? Wow, that would be amazing. You just stay at home, you send the car somewhere, suddenly you're there. Yeah, that, that would be. That would save so much time. It would. And uh, and B, what would you invent? You know, I was trying to think about that. You know what I would actually invent? I would invent something where every time you um boil an egg, like a six minute egg, that that uh it would get the shell off perfectly, and you wouldn't end up with like divots and um little pieces of shell when you eat an an egg. Because I have an egg almost every day. And the it's so it's such a struggle to get the shell off without ruining the the outside of the egg. It's a real struggle for me. So that's hard, and it's every day. And you know what invention would really help you with that? What a robot bird. <laughs> that's egg true. Every time it's designed lays for the it. perfect egg every time. The perfect exactly. robot egg every time. Thank you uh, both. Those were fantastic answers. I think now it's time to move on to our first game. It's called Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the past, baby. For this game, I found Thomas Edison's original backpack. Hey, how'd you get my backpack? I'll sue you for that. Ugh, Edison, we thought you wanted to be on this show. I knew I should have invented some kind of backpack theft alarm. Anyway, V will take things out of this backpack and describe them to you. Then you'll choose the answer that best explains what it had to do with Thomas Edison's life. Okay, Natalie, this first item is for you. Hmm, it's a cup of some sort of mashed up gunk. Oof, oof, these are worms. I'd know the smell of mashed up worms anywhere. Don't ask me why. Anyway, why 
would Thomas Edison have all this gross stuff? Was it because A, as a boy, he became ill with a mysterious sickness that could only be cured by mixing worms? Or B, as a boy, he once gave a cup of mashed worms to a girl in the hope that it would make her fly? I am pretty sure it is B. You are pretty sure because you're right. The answer is B. Even as a young child, Thomas Edison was curious about the world. After watching a bird eat a worm and then fly away, he decided to test whether worms were the secret to flight. So he mashed up some worms and gave them to a neighbor girl to drink to see if she would gain the ability to fly too. But it only made her sick and Edison got in a lot of trouble. Luckily, he didn't let that stop his love of science or we'd be recording this show in the dark. The next item is for Ava. Oh, weird. It's like a huge collection of stuff. Bamboo, spider webs, tissue paper, ooh, even human hair, ugh. There's like 3,000 of these things. Why would Thomas Edison have all this junk in his backpack? Is it because A, he and his workers tested over 3,000 different materials to find the right filament for a light bulb? Or B, Edison was afraid of throwing anything out, even human hair, because he might need it later. Uh, I think that was A. You're right, the answer is A. Light bulbs needed the filament, literally the part of the bulb that electricity heats up, causing it to glow. And Edison wanted a filament that would last a long time. He and his employees tested over 3,000 types of material until they found the right one. Sewing thread baked in carbon. I don't know about you, but I probably would have quit after the first 2,000 materials. That's why I'm Thomas Edison, and you're just some schmo reading questions to children. Hey, not fair. He is the schmo reading the questions. Yeah! Thanks for sticking up for me, Elliot. And our next question is for Natalie. Ugh, gross. It's a dirty tissue. This is the worst backpack from the past we've ever opened. Why did Thomas Edison have a boogery tissue in his backpack? Oof. Was it because A, one of the early movies he produced was called The Sneeze, or because B, Edison experimented with a superglue made out of mucus? Uh, the answer is A. That's right, the answer is A. Shortly after inventing an early movie viewing machine called a kinetoscope, he decided to open a movie studio so people would have something to watch on their kinetoscopes. Edison movies were very short, and one of the earliest was called The Sneeze because it was just a movie of one of his workers sneezing. It doesn't sound like much, but it's not like unboxing videos are so amazing either. And the last item of the round goes to Ava. It's a bunch of clock springs. Does Thomas Edison have these in his backpack? Because A, Edison spent his later years trying to invent springy shoes so he could finally fly. Or B, he took the springs out of his factory's clocks so his workers wouldn't know how much time they were working. I'm pretty sure that's B. That's right, the answer is B. Edison liked working long hours without going home for a rest, and he expected his workers to do exactly the same. So he took the springs out of the factory clocks so that the workers couldn't keep track of how many hours they'd spent testing filaments or sneezing or whatever. Not cool, Edison. Hey, Elliot, you don't let me know how many hours I've been working either. I tried to, B. You just can't tell time. Well, sure I can. I just don't know what to tell it. Gives camera adorable look. Oh, boy. And that's the end of Backpack from the Past. Backpack from the Past, baby. Great round, everybody. You kids certainly know a lot about me, which is not a surprise. I'm fascinated. Ugh. Now let's sneeze our way over to producer Jane for the scores. 
Oh, well, Yen B, everybody's getting everything right. We're all tied up with two points each. Yes. Thank you, Jane. You know, I could replace Jane with a scorekeeping machine. It'd be very easy to invent. You just have to oil it three times an episode. Nah, let's keep Jane. She only needs oiling once an episode. And on that confusing note, we're off to a short break. But we'll be right back with our next game, so don't go anywhere. Eric, please play us some mashed up worms music, please. Mmm, puree. <laughs> Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Welcome back to the Who Was Podcast. Today, we're learning all about who was Thomas Edison and who is Temple Grandin. And now, back to your host, Elliot Kalin. Thank you, B. Our scores are currently Natalie with two points and Ava with two points. That's right. It's all tied up. These are fierce competitors. So let's get right to it by finding out more about who is Temple Grandin with four fast facts. Four fast facts. Temple Grandin was born in 1947 and is still alive today. Temple Grandin was born with autism, making her sensitive to loud noises and unfamiliar situations. She created a new field of science, the study of how farmers affect the feelings of farm animals. She invented better farm equipment that keeps cows calmer and happier. Four Fastbacks. Now let's calmly and happily move on to our next game. It's something we call True or False. False. Is it true or is it false? Is it false or is it true? Is it true that it was false? Or is it false that it was true? True. True or false. In this game, B will read a statement about Temple Grandin, and you'll tell her whether that statement is true or... False. Not true. In other words, false. And since this is our second game, each question is worth two points. Eva, you're up first. True or false? Temple Grandin's first inventions were traps and pranks. Uh, true. 
Yes, the answer is true. As a kid, Temple's first inventions were all solid gotchas. She rigged up a web of strings to drop on anyone who walked into her room without her permission, and when she was bullied at school, she made it so that when the bully opened their desk, the window blinds crashed down right next to them. Luckily, she always used her trap and prank abilities for good and not for evil. And the next question is for Natalie. As a child, Temple's autism made it difficult for her to understand people's facial expressions but easier for her to understand the emotions of horses. Is that true or false? It is true. (laughs) That is also true. Yes, some people with autism, like Temple, have trouble reading the facial expressions of others. Temple was 50 years old, that's right, 5-0, before she learned what it means when someone rolls their eyes. This made it hard for her to make friends. But another aspect of her autism is that it helps her notice small details of things. She noticed the ways horses reacted when they were nervous, and she used that to tame horses other people had trouble riding. And of course, reading the emotional signals of cows would become her life's work. Okay, Ava, this next statement is for you. True or false, Ava, Temple was inspired by a machine for calming down walruses to invent a human calming machine she called the Squish Machine. Uh, that is false. Yes, that is false. Temple was inspired by a machine for calming cows to invent what she called the squeeze machine. When she was 15, Temple began having panic attacks. Then she noticed how putting cows in a tight space calmed them down. So she tried it on herself and created a machine that squeezed her gently until she stopped feeling overwhelmed. Now known as a hug machine, people all over the world use it to feel safer and more relaxed. And Natalie, the final statement of the round goes to you. True or false? When she was asked to find a way to help cows who were infested with itchy bugs called scabies, she looked at the problem from the scabies point of view. False. Yes, you're right, that is false. She looked at the problem from the cow's point of view. It turns out the only way to get scabies off of cows is to dip the cow's body in bug poison. Sometimes the cows would panic and drown while being dipped. Temple observed the situation from the point of view of the cows and realized it was scary for a cow to walk down a slippery ramp into a deep pool of poison. So she redesigned the ramps to make them less slippery and hid how deep the pool was. The cows felt safer and dipping them became much easier. Now, if only Temple would invent something to make it easier to give Bee her scabies medicine. Nope, you're just going to have to keep hiding my pills in ice cream. And that's the end of the game. True, 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 true or false. Another great game, everybody. Now let's walk down a ramp to producer Jane, who's currently in a deep pool of the scores. Jane? That's right, Elliot. I'm drowning in sixes. We have a tie game with six points each. Be careful. Be safe in that pool of sixes. (laughs) Thank you very much, Jane. This tie game continues to be exactly that, a tie game. Before we go to our next round, I'm very excited to announce we have a very special guest with us. That's right, we're joined live in the studio by Temple Grandin's favorite cow, Butterscotch. Butterscotch, thank you so much for being with us today. Wow, your favorite podcast? (laughs) That's an honor coming from such an illustrious cow. Okay, okay, enough flattery, Butterscotch. We're not here to talk about us. We're here to talk about you and your years of work with Temple Grandin. Tell us, how did you first meet Temple? Uh Uh-huh. No way. At the same restaurant? (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) I bet that was a lunch the president isn't likely to forget. Now, my next question. Stop, stop, shut it down. 
You cannot be serious. Excuse me, Thomas Edison, we were in the middle of interviewing an extremely delightful cow. Yeah, what's your problem, Alva, if that is your real middle name? Yes, Alva is my real middle name. Like if you started saying Alvin and then forgot how it ended. And my problem is that you have me, America's greatest inventive genius, on your show, and yet you're wasting time with a cow. Don't worry, Butterscotch. Mr. Edison does not represent the views of the Who Was podcast, which is very pro-spending time with cows. Come on. You've got the Wizard of Menlo Park here, the first person in history ever to record their voice and play it back. Wow, really? What did you say in the recording? Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. Oh, I get it. So we can't talk about cows, but you can flap your gums about lambs all day. Look, Mr. Edison, you're a very important person, but this episode isn't just about you. It's also about Temple Grandin. And it's also about having fun. Bah, fun. You don't sell light bulbs by having fun. It takes work and long hours and never seeing your family and sleeping on an uncomfortable workbench in your clothes. <laughs> I think he's crying, B. Oh. Mr. Edison, it seems like you're really stressed out. You want to go take a turn in the squeeze machine? Uh, well, I have spent the last 47 hours trying to come up with a way to make electric socks. Maybe a little squeeze would do me good. I think so. All right. I'll be back to interrupt the show again later. Wow, who knew famous inventors could be so emotional? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, butterscotch. (laughs) I don't think I could say it any better than that. It's time for us to take a break, but we'll be right back with the final game of the episode and the crowning of today's champion. Eric, could you please play us some squeeze machine music, please? Excuse me. Salut, who was there? C'est moi, Marie Curie. You may remember me from winning multiple Nobel Prizes or perhaps from my episode of the Who Was podcast where I played myself. I wanted to take a moment to read one of my favorite reviews about the Who Was podcast. <clears throat> this is from Shaken Bay and it reads, Loved this. Me and my little sister love this show. More please, our fave is Harriet Tobin. If you want to hear your review read on the air, make sure to subscribe, like, and review to the Uwas podcast in the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Au revoir, or should I say, a bientôt. When the clock is started. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. We're back on the Who Was podcast. When we last left off, Natalie had six points and Ava had six points. It's a tie. And now back to your host, Elliot Kalen. Thank you, B. Before Thomas Edison can jump in and yell at us again, let's get to our last game, Converge of Greatness. In this game, B will ask you multiple choice questions about the places where Temple Grandin and Thomas Edison connect, overlap, or converge. Metaphorically, they don't actually connect in real life, physically. And because we're in the third round, each question is worth three points. Ready? The first question goes to Natalie. B, take it away. Temple Grandin was expelled from school because her teachers didn't know how to recognize her autism and just thought she was disruptive. Thomas Edison also left school early because a teacher didn't understand his needs. Was it because, A, he couldn't hear the teacher because he'd lost some of his hearing to scarlet fever, B, he never brought his textbooks to class because they were on a shelf too high for him to reach, or C, he was allergic to peanuts and they made him sit right next to George Washington Carver? A. That's right, the answer is A. Young Thomas loved learning, but he had trouble paying attention in school, and it didn't help that he'd lost some of his hearing to illness. When he was eight, his teacher called him, quote, adult, and Thomas's mother was so insulted, she decided to teach him herself. He raced through science textbooks, but he didn't stay at home school for long. By the time he was 12, he was already working on the railroad all the live long day. And the next question is for Ava. Thomas Edison would stay in his laboratory working for days at a time, sleeping on a bench without changing his clothes. Temple Grandin also had some questionable grooming habits. As a young adult, did her boss need to tell her to A, stop clipping her fingernails during meetings, B, dust her hair regularly, or C, start wearing deodorant? Uh, C. Yes, it's C. Temple had trouble recognizing how her actions affected the people around her. At her first job, she impressed people with her amazing work, but one day her boss put a can of deodorant on her desk. Temple was embarrassed, but she got the message. Never forget, kids, sometimes the truth can be embarrassing, but it's better not to ignore it. And also never forget, grown-ups are stinky. The next question is for Natalie. Temple Grandin designed feedlots and farm equipment that helped calm cows down, something cattle ranchers didn't even know they needed. How did Thomas Edison feel about new ideas for inventions? A, he wanted to create totally new things people didn't even know they needed. B, he only wanted to invent things people already wanted. Or C, he didn't want to invent things but had been cursed by a witch to be haunted by ideas for inventions forever. As fun as C sounds, I think it's B. 
you, you made the right choice. That's the responsible uh, <laughs> student council board member decision, and I appreciate right. it. The answer is B. Thomas Edison's first invention was an electronic voting machine. There was only one problem. Nobody wanted to use it. So Edison decided he would only make inventions that he was sure people already wanted. As a result, a lot of his work was in making better versions of things that already existed, rather than coming up with incredibly original ideas like temples. And the last question is for Ava. Thomas Edison was a famous public figure who often gave interviews about his inventions. Temple Grandin also became a public speaker, but instead of talking about her inventions, she talks about A, how to live more like a cow, B, the importance of deodorant, or C, how the world needs many kinds of minds. Uh, I think that is C. You're right, the answer is C. After writing her autobiography, Temple became famous. Since then, she's given lectures to thousands of people and speaks about the need to recognize all the different ways people think and experience the world. She advises kids with autism to follow their strengths rather than be seen only for their struggles. Meanwhile, most of Thomas Edison's public speaking was about how great Thomas Edison is. And what's wrong with that? I am great. What are you still doing here? And that's Converge of Greatness. Great round, everybody. It's almost time for the big moment. But before we converge on the greatness of producer Jane to find out our winner, I had a final question for our contestants. This one, for no points at all. What was something that surprised you to learn about either Thomas Edison or Temple Grandin? Natalie, did anything really surprise you about either one of them? Uh, before I read the book, I had no idea that Thomas Edison was hard of hearing. Yeah, a lot of people um, did not know that. Uh, it's not something that's so widely talked about when uh, people discuss Thomas Edison, but yeah, that's true. And by the end of his life, he could barely hear anything at all. I think in the book, don't they talk about him having to put his head up next to a piano to hear the vibrations of the music? Which is a real dedication to piano music, let me tell you, when you're willing to just lay your head on top of it while it's playing. Yeah, they don't, they don't look kindly on that for guitar, though, as I found out. If you try to lay your head on the strings, they're like, get out of here. Yeah, they threw you right out of that concert. And I, I feel bad. I feel bad that I was telling them, throw her out, throw her out. I shouldn't have done That's that. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I just love bluegrass. What can I say? <laughs> and Ava, was there anything that surprised you about either of our historic figures? Um, something that surprised me about Thomas Edison was that he was called the Wizard of Menlo Park. That's right. He was so famous that he was called, that people thought of him as a wizard for the amazing scientific inventions he had. And of course, he was in Menlo Park, New Jersey. Uh, I'm tr always trying to figure out, as someone who grew up in New Jersey, were there any other wizards in Menlo Park? Because if there were, maybe they're, they can teach me their secret magic. Well, isn't um, Bruce Springsteen the wizard of Atlantic City? Is that true? Uh, I don't think anyone calls him that, but they could. Right. I mean, the Wizard of Asbury Park, they might call him, because that's really more that's of, his, what it is. More of his, home, his home area. But my, my apologies to the boss. And to the people of New Jersey, the Garden State. <laughs> what is Elliot Kalin the wizard of? Which town is Elliot Kalin the wizard of? Elliot Kalin is the wizard of Milburn, New Jersey. But oh. Anne Hathaway was also from Milburn, New Jersey. So I think she wins. She wins, and I'm more of the uh, I'm, I'm the associate wizard. Of, You're more of the of jester. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm the jester in the court of Milburn, New Jersey. Thank you so much for those glowing insights, Ava and Natalie. And now it's time for that big moment. Jane, please announce our winner. Elliot and B, I was a little bit of a wizard myself. And although you said not to add any points for their question, the extra one at the end, 
we had a tie, which was 12 each. So I did adore, I did add points on, and they both got 100. We still have a tie, 112 to 112. What an amazing judge producer Jane is. She's fiddling with the point totals, but it's still a tie. It was so close. She is, she is unethically ethical, that producer Jane. That's right. Amazing to both of you. Uh, we love ties here on the show because we love it when people win. You both get 10 seconds for shout-outs to those you want to thank. Natalie, go for it first. Who would you like to thank? Uh, I would like to thank my family for being awesome. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, and my mom for letting me be on the show. Fantastic. We would like to thank your mom as well. <laughs> and Ava, who would you like to shout-out to? Um, I want to shout out to my three cats, uh, Fern, Tulip, and Apple, because they all obviously wanted to get on the go. For those at home, a lot we had a lot of cats passing in front of the camera today. Or just one cat, but but Apple kept going back and forth, so I was like, is that one cat? Is that multiple cats? There's no way of knowing. Our winner and their library of choice will be receiving a selection of Who Was books, and I'm going to give a shout-out to intern Zach, Jane, Eric, Devin Coleman for being our Thomas Edison, and B. And a big thank you to both of our contestants for playing such an amazing game today. This is our last episode for season one of the Who Was podcast, so I also want to give a big thank you to you, our fabulous audience, from everyone here at Who Was for making our first season so much fun. Thank you from the bottom of our history-loving hearts. This is Ellie Kalen saying... This is Thomas Woolam Edison saying we're history. Goodbye, everybody. Hey! Hey! <laughs> the Who Was podcast is produced by Radio Point, iHeartMedia, and Penguin Workshop and is based on the best-selling Who HQ series published by Penguin. This show was hosted by Elliot Kalin with co-host Megan O'Neill as B. It also starred Jane Baker as Jane, Eric Shackney as Eric, and Devin Coleman as Thomas Edison. Executive producers are Richard Corson, Alex Bach, Elliot Kalin, Megan O'Neill, Daniel Powell, and Houston Snyder. Executive producer for Penguin Workshop is Francesco Sedita, and the executive producer for iHeartMedia is Lindsay Hoffman. This episode was written by Megan O'Neill, Elliot Kalin, and Devin Coleman. It was produced by Bernie Kaminsky and Taylor Kowalski. Our talent producer is Jane Baker. Our theme song and all of our music was composed and performed by Eric Shackney. This show was edited and mixed by Kate Moldenhauer, recorded by Allison Wirth. Special thanks to Zach Timpson, Charlotte DeAnda, Daniel Goodman, and Michael Lewis Howard. The Who Was podcast was recorded at the iHeart Studios in Los Angeles, California. Sound services were provided by Great City Post. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.